Hello and welcome to episode two of series three of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. Well, I hope you've had a chance to listen to the first full episode of Series 3 of the podcast, which went out a couple of weeks ago, our interview with Nicholas Wardle, which was a really great conversation all around employee experience and measuring employee experience. You can catch up with that either on the website, which is engagingic.com, or you can listen to it on the podcast platform that you are listening to this on now. Um, What have we got coming up in the next episode? So uh, in two weeks' time, on the first... Oh, sorry... On the 15th of February, I have an interview with John Fury. Now, John is from an organization called MindTime, uh, and John is going to be explaining all about the importance of language when we are communicating change. And this particularly relates to our pulse check model, which is you, if you've listened to the first episode and if you listen to the trailer, you will know that uh, all of the episodes in this series are, are linked loosely to a certain extent to our pulse check model, which is a framework that we use with our clients. Now, I'll explain a little bit more about how you can access the Pulse Check, which is a free tool in a moment. Um, But when we're looking at John Fury's interview in a couple of weeks, the language, uh, the importance of language in change communications that very much links to one of the areas of our change survey, which is um, why are we changing and what is the sense of urgency for change? And John's going to be talking about, about all about the importance of language and how that links to this concept of building a sense of urgency for change within organizations, which is extremely important if we're getting people to change the way that they do things. So uh, as I said, it's linked to our Pulse Check, which is a free tool which we have available for you at the following URL. So it's pulse.thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. So that's pulse.thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. And we'll put a link to that into the show notes. That is a free diagnostic, which you can access via the link that I've just given you. And you can complete a 24 question uh, diagnostic. It's very quick, very simple. Takes about 10, 15 minutes to complete it. And at the end of that, you'll get a really detailed PDF report that relates to a whole series of questions. six key questions broken down into a number of areas um, uh, into 24 questions in, in detail and they will give you an idea of lots of different aspects of your business in terms of uh, the urgency and why you're changing uh, how clear it is for employees as to what it is you're aiming for and how clear it is as to how you will deliver that strategy as well um, that is filled in from your perspective on behalf of your your colleagues and what you know about colleagues within the business and that will give you a diagnostic scorecard showing you the areas that you might need to focus on so once again that's pulse.thebigpicturepeople.co.uk and you can access that and all of the episodes as i say in this series are linked to different areas of the uh, pulse check so that's what we've got coming up in a couple of weeks time on the show The only other thing I just want to make you aware of is we are running another of our free webinars next month on the 3rd of March 2022, if you're listening to this in real time. So that's 3rd of March 2022 at 3pm UK time, so 1500 UK time. And this is a specific webinar that we're running for anybody who has an involvement in communicating health and safety issues or communicating and training people within your organisation or guiding people in terms of what you're 
your rules and procedures and culture is within your organization when it comes to health and safety. So that may not be you directly, but you may have colleagues who are involved in health and safety. Uh, You may be supporting them with comms efforts at the moment. So this is a webinar that you or your colleagues will find really useful. As I say, 3rd of March, 2022, 3 o'clock. You can find that via our website, which is thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. If you go to our events tab, you will see that the next event that is scheduled is that very event, 3rd of March, and you can book directly there or you can find out some more information about the event. So that's all I wanted to cover today before we uh, we move into the next interview or today's interview and just before I do that actually I just wanted to say one other thing if you do have any feedback or if you do have any comments or questions that you'd like to put to us if you go across to engagingic.com so that's engagingic.com there is a sign up form there or a a feedback form where you can leave some details you don't need to give us any details you don't need to give us your name you can be anonymous but if you want to leave, leave us some feedback any suggestions anything you'd like us to cover in future episodes would be delighted to do so. Anyway, as I said, now I will go over to today's interview. One of the fundamental questions we need to be able to answer for our employees is what are we aiming for as an organisation? What is our long-term vision and does that make sense to our employees, but also what is our purpose and how does that connect to the work that our people do? One of the one of the key areas that we look at is an, an emotional connection with the purpose as a real key driver of employee engagement. And why is it important? Well, it should be a story that your leaders are able to articulate to their teams. It needs to be something that explains why that you you believe your organisation makes the world a better place for your customers or for your end users. And it should be something that explains to your how your employees contribute towards that and how their eff- efforts make a difference each and every day. It's the kind of answer to the question. Why do we get out of bed every morning? It shouldn't be confused with specific goals or business strategies. So while you might uh, go about achieving a particular goal or complete a strategy, you can't, you can never fulfill a purpose. A purpose is something that is always uh, a true north. It's never something that you actually achieve or get to. It's something that just drives your organization forward. And it's relatively easy for, for, a, for a company to develop a, a rhetoric around a feel-good purpose that articulates an aspirational reason. Um, but actually living and breathing and effectively demonstrating that purpose is a much more difficult task, um, but one that will fundamentally pay off in the long term. So in today's interview, we're going to be looking at an organisation that has found a way to really connect its employees to its purpose, to a sense of its deliverables within the community, deliverables within its position, within its market, but also how it can fuel its potential future employees and people coming into its its sector. So when I want you to to listen to and think about as you listen to today's interview is if you're looking to connect your employees to the purpose, how can you actually get them out of the organization to either meet your customers or to meet your stakeholders or to meet the people whose lives you influence or change? And But also, what are they doing in order to build a sustainable legacy within your sector? What are they doing? How can you help your employees to 
to develop a sense of the, uh, the developing, you know, the future future employees for your organisation, not necessarily for your organisation, but for the for the for the sector that you operate within. And I think that's what today's interviewee explains really well about the program that that they've developed within their organisation. Um, and I hope that you will take some really meaningful lessons away from it. And we'd love to get your feedback on on what you think about uh, about today's episode, but also this series in general about this whole idea of answering these key questions that your employees have when it comes to helping them to understand your overall change narrative. So let's listen to uh, this episode's interview now. Melissa Hackmeyer is Global Head of Employee and Community Engagement, Sustainability and Social Business Innovation at the life science business of Merck, which operates as Millipore Sigma in the US and Canada. Melissa is a corporate responsibility professional with a proven ability to effectively develop relationships and communicate with key constituents. Melissa also serves on the advisory council of Net Impact Boston. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, I said it. I said that at the beginning of the introduction. You're involved in the advisory council of Net Impact Boston. So I guess that gives a clue as to whereabouts you are. Just for our listeners, whereabouts in the world are you, please? Yes, I am um, in Boston, Massachusetts in the U.S. and um, work uh, out of Burlington, which is about 30 minutes north of Boston. Fantastic. Beautiful part of the world. And and, uh, yeah, wonderful. I bet it's a bit chilly there at the moment, isn't it? Yes, we had our first uh, snow last night, so we have a dusting on the ground right now. All right, fantastic, fantastic. So if you could just expand a little bit on my introduction there. So so what, what is it you do in your business? And just tell us a little bit more about kind of the kind of work that you're involved in. Then we'll go in to talk about the key topic uh, for today, which uh, which is all about the, this fantastic work you're doing around your company purpose. But just, just a little heads up on what it is you're actually doing in your business at the moment. Yeah, so we are a life science company. And as you mentioned, I lead our employee and community engagement efforts globally as part of our sustainability and social business innovation work. And so that really falls into, I would say, three areas, one being our philanthropic investments with our nonprofit partners globally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two is around our Spark Employee Global Volunteer Program. And then three is really our science education programming, which feeds into our Spark program. Yeah. Brilliant. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So just before we dive into the actual specifics of the program, so, I, 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 you know, we're, we're talking here about how this all kind of leads to a sense of purpose for your employees and how you kind of try to build that purpose across the organization, that that consistency. Just, just for the, again, for the listeners, what, what the company purpose overall, how, how would you define what the, what the, how, what the, uh, the Millipore Sigma uh, uh, purpose for, of the organization at a higher level is? Yeah. So our company's purpose is together, we impact life and health with science. Yeah. So our Spark and science education programs are focused on sparking curiosity in the next generation of scientists. And so when we think about helping to create solutions for people across the world and a sustainable future for generations to come, the next generation of scientists are obviously a really in- integral part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So yeah, real, a real sense of, um, you know, using that, that scientific knowledge and, and bringing more people into that. So let you, you've talked a couple of times now. So there, there are three initiatives that I believe you have. So you have Spark, Curiosity Labs and Curiosity Cube. Could you just t- sort of tell us what the difference is and how those all things all fit together? 
Yeah, sure. And I'll, I'll give you some background for context as well. So in 2016, we launched Spark, which is our global volunteer program. And it really was and is designed to unite our employees around the world in our shared commitment to giving back to the communities in which we live and work. And so through Spark, we focus on harnessing our employees' talents and expertise, primarily through skills-based opportunities that focus on science education. Mm. And so our programs are focused on increasing access to science, specifically in um, students that are 8 to 13 years old. Mm. And the reason why we focus on that age range is because research shows that if you're not engaging students at that age in science and you don't provide access for them to learn um, and engage with science, mm. then it's really unlikely that they're going to go on to pursue a career in uh, science, technology, engineering, or math field. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's very similar in the UK. I think there's that, that sort of sweet spot, isn't there, where, where you, you, you know, if you can engage them and, 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 and get them sort of intrigued about science and things scientific, it, it's a real formative uh, period where you can then, you know, they get them hooked for the rest of their life as it were. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, wh- and, wh- and why spark? So where does, uh, where does, is it, is it literally just a sort of metaphor for the spark and creating that igniting? Yeah, really spark? just yeah. sparking, yeah. sparking that curiosity. And, yeah. um, you know, when, you know, I like to say for me, it's so exciting when you're in a classroom, um, mm. or in the cube, which we'll talk about, um, in a little bit. And no matter where in the world you are, what language the students are speaking or what their culture is when they, um, you know, get and dig into the hands-on experiment or they put on their lab coat and safety glasses and gloves, you can really see them and transforming into a young scientist. Mm -hmm. And you can see the spark in their eye when they figure out, um, you know, the hands-on portion of the lesson. And that's, that's so exciting and motivating for me. Um, and our other employee volunteers as well. Yeah, fantastic. So that's the Spark program overall. Then the Curiosity Labs and the Curiosity Cube, how do they fit in with the Spark program? Yeah, so our Curiosity Labs, it's our flagship program, and it's really geared to educate and inspire students around the world through hands-on interactive science lessons uh, led by our trained employees and really encouraging students to explore, wonder, and ask why. So that's, you know, the curiosity piece coming in again. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, We've developed the lessons in partnership with Washington University in St. Louis through their Institute for School Partnership. And we also leverage our various subject matter experts at the company. And the lesson topics all align in one way or another to our business. So, for example, we have a lesson around DNA, one on chemiluminescence, one on water filtration, and so forth. Mm. And so then we work with teachers at schools uh, to choose the lessons, making sure that the lesson that they choose complements their current curriculum. And during those lessons, our team is um, guiding the students and teaching them um, through applying scientific principles to real world concepts and challenges. Mm. And we supply all the necessary materials and equipment at no cost to the school. So we have kits for each of the lessons that are housed at our sites and when employees are going to an event, they bring the kit with all of the materials needed into the classroom. Um, they, you know, teach a, teach a lesson and then pack up the materials, bring it back to our site so they can be reused for future lessons. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, that's the that's Curiosity Labs. 
That's yeah. Curiosity Labs. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, the, and then the Curiosity Cube. So what's the Curiosity Cube all about? Yeah, so the Curiosity Cube complements our Curiosity Labs program. Mm. It was launched in 2017 in the U.S., and mm -hmm. it's a retrofitted shipping container turned mobile science lab mm -hmm. that travels across the U.S., stopping at schools and public events such as science festivals near where we have sites. Yeah. Um, so inside the Cube, it features hands-on experiments tied to a different theme each year. So as an example, in 2019, the cube focused on the periodic table of elements. Mm -hmm. And so inside we have three stations and each station focused on uh, a part of that. So we had an elements in nature station and elements in the body station and an elements in technology station. Wow. And like the curiosity labs, it's staffed by our employee volunteers and we visit primarily underserved schools. And so, um, you know, really trying to reach students who wouldn't have other, otherwise have access to hands-on learning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. I want to, I want to, I want to find out where the curiosity cube is and go in myself. It sounds brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> we would love that. And, you know, we've been running in the U S for, um, a few years now and we are planning to expand the program and are excited about the prospect of that and bringing it to other regions in the world. Mm. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk later on about, obviously it's been a, probably been a challenging couple of years for, for all of these initiatives, but, um, I, I mean, you, you clearly started these for a, a, you know you've, you've explained why that is it's this is a connection with you, with your purpose um, i mean we'll talk a little bit maybe about about it later on but how how easy was it for you know the company to 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 put its weight behind this because there's clearly a lot of commitment and thought gone into this uh, i mean how 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 difficult or easy was it to make that connection between the overall purpose and what you're trying to do as a business and 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 this kind of you know bringing on this next generator generation of scientists as it were yeah, I mean, it's it's a natural connection, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of, you know, the skills-based volunteer programs, um, you know, naturally aligns to what we do as a business, as a yeah. science company. And so we, uh, we've been very fortunate to have the full buy-in and support of our senior leadership team um, from the, the start, from the, you know, concept um, to the planning and implementation and execution. Mm, fantastic. So let, let's move maybe now on to more about the employees who are involved in this, because this is obviously, you know, this is the, I, I guess this is the, this is the connection between the engagement angle and, and how you're using this to, to engage your employees. So you did, the first part is the obviously outreach and bringing on that next generation of scientists, but there's also here a, a fantastic opportunity to connect your, your own employees to that sense of purpose as well. So how, how do you get people involved in the program? What, what's the recruitment mechanism? Is it a vol purely voluntary? voluntary or do, are you looking to do you do you kind of encourage people or, or you know do you see it as part of a, de a development program within the business as well yeah great question so um i mean first and foremost i'd say none of these programs would be possible without our employees <laughs> they are you know the backbone of the programs and so <clears throat> when we launched spark we formed uh what we call spark teams at each of our sites and mm. They are voluntary teams of employees. And to kind of recruit for those teams, we put a call out for participation um, to our employees. But mm -hmm. we also worked with site leadership to um, recommend or nominate employees that they thought would be good to get involved as a professional development opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, as these teams were forming, we were getting employees to volunteer and raise our hand who were really passionate about 
giving back to their communities and wanting to do more um, Mm. to contribute to that than just, you know, participating in a volunteer event. They really wanted to get more involved. Mm. And, and, um, and I mean, into, yeah. Okay. That's like, I, I, yeah. So, so with a, uh, is there a sense of uh, how, because obviously this is an element of, you have people who are probably working in a lot of people, I would guess in your business who are not necessarily technical people. How do you get non-technical people involved as well? Cause I guess if it's, if it's just scientist based work, is, is, is there opportunities there for people who don't necessarily work in scientific led roles to get involved in the, in the program? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I would say even with our curiosity labs and curiosity cube programs, we do encourage those employees without a science background to volunteer. So we, mm-hmm have, um, you know, basic training for them and, and everything in order to make them feel comfortable in that setting. But we know that not everyone wants to give back in that way. You know, some people might not enjoy volunteering with kids, for example. Yeah. Mm. And so we do definitely offer civic volunteer opportunities for employees as well. And that could be a meal packing event or a beach cleanup as, you know, a couple of examples. Mm. But I would say we really rely on our Spark teams to organize the events locally. And Mm. so while my team is there to provide, you know, structure and guidance and support to the Spark teams, we really want to empower them to take ownership of planning the events that will be meaningful for their local employees. Mm. Um, And, you know, a lot of employees not only find it as a good professional development opportunity, allowing them to gain new skills that they might not use in their day-to-day job, but it's also a way for them to meet and connect and network with other people within their site that they don't necessarily work with on a day-to-day basis on their team. Mm, okay. And have you seen, a, I guess this is a difficult question maybe to answer, but have you seen a connection between the people who've been involved in the program and, you know, kind of using that as a critical experience to develop their career and, and, and become, you know, maybe more outward looking to, to the community, to the, to your customers, to your, to your, you know, clients who you serve. Is it, have, it, have you seen that, that maybe the people who get involved in the program tend to be the people who, you, you know, not, not just because I don't want, I'm not suggesting you would, you would, um, you would not allow the people who hadn't, didn't want to be involved, you would, you discriminate, but is, is there a case that, you know, you do see this as a way of people really developing their careers and their skill set and their ability to communicate, engage all of those sorts of things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that even, you know, when you think about planning an event, right, Mm -hmm. it takes certain skills and you are um, being the main point of contact for the the contact at the organization or the school Mm -hmm. um, to 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 plan the event. So you are making connections with your local community, as well as within the company. Um, Again, you know, connecting with people that you wouldn't necessarily connect with um otherwise and yeah you know from that there could be additional opportunities that arise yeah i i agree i think they're great transferable skills i mean i used to work in a business where we used to do school visits and i know it's nothing nowhere near as uh, as sophisticated as what you're you're doing here but i, I the, the questions that that young people ask are often more much more challenging than adults and you know you really get yes. tested <laughs> Why do you do, you know, why, why is that, why does that machine operate like that? And you're thinking, that's a really good question. I've never really thought about that. Uh, but yeah. And I think if you can, if you can 
explain things to to young people in a way that keeps them engaged and, and answers their curiosity it's it, that's a really great skill to have you know as a leader as a manager when you when you're uh, you know when you're working inside the organization as well Yes, kids definitely ask some tough questions. That's for sure. <laughs> um, how have you? Uh, so this sounds like a really great, you know, really amazing program. Have you? Is there a kind of a, a sense that um, do does everybody get involved across the high, you know, the hierarchy of the organisation? You've had senior leaders involved in these programs as well, and or do they demonstrate their buy in and involvement in other ways? Yeah, I would say a combination. So. Um, you know, our senior leadership team down to middle manager level, we do have people that have um, participated firsthand in volunteering, um, mm. whether that's, you know, with our Curiosity Labs or Curiosity Cube or our civic events. And in fact, um, many have requested our support in uh, creating an event specifically for their team as a team building activity. So, right. you know, they could be hosting a team meeting and as part of that agenda, they want to include a community activity. Mm. And so that's been really great to see and, you know, see an uptick, uptick of that through through the years. Um, and then, you know, the communication piece is also very important um, in terms of their support of the program. So communicating to their teams about the program really helps to embed these programs into our overall culture of giving back and, mm. um, you know, being out in the community. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'd not thought about that. What a wonderful sort of in-house team building, uh, you, you, cause I've, I used to run a lot of team building events and often they felt a very contrived and a little bit, you know, kind of abstract and not really relevant, but actually do it, be having that, that opportunity in-house to be able to not just only go and build your team but actually to do something useful as a part of that i think is a, is an amazing uh i'd never thought of that that's 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 fantastic um so just 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 moving on then to sort of thinking about how i, I guess with it with any any program with any campaign like this there's always and particularly at the moment there's always a a, a question around how do we measure it how do we know that this is okay. delivering what we intended to so have, how have you you measured this have, you know have you looked at a, this ret return on investment which sounds you know kind of intuitively i can't see how it wouldn't be a fantastic investment but how do you answer those sort of questions about roi yeah i mean the measurement piece is of course really important and sometimes challenging mm -hmm. um from the the student side of things. So with our Curiosity Labs and Curiosity Q programs, we survey students and teachers following yeah. an event. Mm -hmm. um, and so we really want to gain feedback, not just on their understanding um, for the students of the learning objectives, but also on their attitude towards science and engagement mm -hmm. in the program. And then, mm -hmm. of course, we want the teacher feedback too. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this allows us to really understand the impact we're having as well as helps to inform program improvements because we yeah. want to always be iterating and improving as much as we can. And then on the employee side, we do survey our employee volunteers as well to gain feedback and um, you know, that's important because we want to yeah. understand, you know, are you interested in volunteering again after your experience? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what did it mean to you and stuff like that? And, you know, we 
obviously have the anecdotal feedback as well um, from employees to say, you know, I'm so proud to work for a company that supports these kind of initiatives. Mm. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but as a company, we offer 16 hours of paid time off to all of our employees for volunteering each Mm. year. Mm. And, um, you know, so that really helps in terms of kind of the support and engagement that we get from employees as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, oh, that's, that's that's amazing. And in terms of, um, you know, we, we have you been able to? When did you start the program? Sorry, I should have asked that at the beginning. When when did the yeah? Program, so uh, the yeah. Spark program and Curiosity Lab started in 2016. Okay, okay, and, and I guess have you? It may be too early to say. Have you seen people who have started to apply for jobs within the business who were initially, you know, kind of uh, spark their curiosity was sparked through Spark? Have you have you is it, is it, is it, have you seen anyone? I guess that's a difficult one to measure. But we, you know, will 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 you hope to see people knocking on your door who were originally engaged by uh, by Spark at some point in the future? Yeah, I, guess. I yeah. mean that would that would be amazing. That would be great. Um, yeah. I you know, it's it's been about let's see, six years um, or so Mm -hmm. since, or five, five or six years since we started the program. So, Mm. um, you know, targeting the middle school or six to um, eighth grade, eight to 13 year olds, um, a little bit too soon for that. But yes, we definitely hope to see that down the road. Yeah. Alumni of the Spark program starting to to come through the process. Uh, Yeah. So how have you, I mean, I guess I said the the last couple of years have have been challenging. We're recording this at the back end of 2021. So uh, have you, have you done virtual Spark? How have you kept things going through during the pandemic? Yeah, that's a great question. Obviously the, the pandemic has been really challenging for a number of reasons. Um, but for our programs, you know, we haven't been able to go into classrooms or take the cube out on tour. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been really difficult, but we were able to quickly pivot. And in early 2020, we developed, uh, our curiosity labs at home program. And Mm -hmm. so it's a virtual spinoff of our curiosity labs program. It includes 20 easy and educational science experiments that can be completed at home with materials typically found around the house. And each lesson comes with a short video recipe card and interactive lab report worksheet to help guide the lesson um, or the experiment. And, you know, each experiment is pretty short, about 10 to 15 minutes long or so. Mm. And so we've seen um, great engagement um, and stuff from parents and teachers in in that virtual environment. And then um, we have also built out um, a virtual capability at one of our sites in St. Louis, Missouri. Mm. Um, and so we've started testing out uh, virtual lessons in that way too, where we can you know have our scientists at the lab and broadcast out to, to various classrooms. And so mm. Mm. Uh, we're hoping to see that continue into 2022. Fantastic. And we'll put a, we'll put, I was mentioning this at the end, we'll put a link to all of these uh, different initiatives. So the Curiosity Labs at Home, is that, is that something that you, anyone can access? Is there, is there, is there, yep. you have to, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. It's yeah. on our website. Anyone can access that and, yeah. you know, download the, um, the video, the, the instructions, the recipe card for the experiments and yeah. just gather the materials that they have at their house and, yeah. um, you know, have some fun. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I might I might try some of those later on. So uh, it could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just a, just a final couple of questions, uh, Melissa. And I, I, I didn't maybe we hadn't put this in the in the plans. I hopefully it's not too curveball for you. But if if you if someone's thinking of setting up a a, a volunteer program within their organisation and and maybe you know you you're clearly an organisation that, that that has you know fantastic um, leadership and 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 resources to be able to support something something else, but regardless of scale or size or, or budget, what, what are some of the things that you'd recommend in terms of, you know, what are some of the foundations that you need to have in place in order to, to, to create a, a really uh, sort of compelling volunteer program like this where to get, get to help people really kind of connect with their communities and their, your, 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 the world and the people that you, who you support as an organization? Yeah. So, I mean, thinking about just some lessons learned over the years, I think um, definitely having senior leadership support and participation is critical Mm. um, to driving engagement throughout throughout the company and for Mm. employees. Um, You know, employees definitely want to give back. They Mm. want to be out in the community and really enjoy giving back, you know, through the workplace. Um, But it's really important to provide them with the guidance and structure and frame to do so and Mm. the tools and resources. And so, um, you know, I think what we've found is that by providing that structure and the resources to employees, then they're more inclined to, you know, take the initiative and plan something versus, you know, just not knowing where to start or how to begin. Yeah. for us being a global company, understanding various cultural viewpoints, particularly with respect to volunteering is really important because, you know, in different regions of the world, not everyone views volunteering in the same way. And so mm-hmm. just being really mindful of that piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we talked about this, but the measurement piece is so important to mm-hmm. really measure the impact in order for program growth, but then also for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're not, if you're not measuring and gaining feedback, then, you know, how are you going to grow and scale and really make the program the best that it can be? Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. And that, they're three really, really, I think really useful tips. And I think you, the point about having some structure and resources is really important because wherever, I, wherever I've been involved or seen these programs, um, it, it's always been much more difficult when it's just been like, yeah, we're going to go and paint the school or we're going to go and, you know, tidy up a beach or something. Well, you, you know, it's been, a part, yeah, part of it was fun and actually trying to work out what we needed to be able to do that, but it was quite exhausting and it meant we wasted a lot of time that we could have actually been doing the thing rather than planning and, and you know, going to the to a store to buy the paint and, you know find some brushes you know we having the resources i think is a really useful part of that and i think the, the beauty of your program is it's clearly it's clearly very structured and has a clear um it's consistent you're doing the same thing and i think sometimes i think some of the volunteer programs i've seen that struggle is because that it's too there's too many it's too random there's too many t- different things they're trying to do you know the, the the it's a well intended but just not really particularly well thought out so i think you know clearly with yours that's that's not the case yours is extremely well thought out yeah i mean it it definitely really helps to be focused and then also to tie it to the business so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. even with our philanthropic investments we focus on areas that tie back to our business. So um, working with nonprofit partners who focus on science education and global access to science. And so Mm -hmm. being really 
um, targeted in what we're doing and what we're supporting. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Anything, anything else you'd like to say? Anything that we've missed or not covered that you, you want to you want to shout out about the program or or any kind of other key key learnings or lessons that you've had uh, in your involvement with it? Um, I think the only other thing that I want to highlight is um, our focus on inclusion and equity uh, for our programs and really focusing on underrepresented populations in science, including people of color and women. And so we look to model this behavior leveraging our diverse leaders and volunteers who are working directly with students in their own communities. And so when we are out in the communities, we really want to show students and inspire them um, by showing them that scientists all over all over the world who look like them um, are working to create a better tomorrow. Mm. And so, you know, that piece is really integral and important to us as we are, you know, running our programs and then thinking about new programs that we'll develop mm. in the future. Yeah, that's a really good point. I know, I know in the UK, there's a big thing around. Um, it's it's called STEM in the UK, science, technology, engineering, math. It, 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 around particularly on gender involvement because it's very, very you know, the, the, traditionally a very sort of male orientated area that, that that tends to be, you know, dominate. And then there's definitely a, a, a um, quite rightly, a, you know, a move. So I guess yeah, absolutely. And I guess it, you know, diversity in all forms is really important because again, you're right. It's it's it needs to be. Uh, uh, you you need to leverage that that diversity you've got within the organisation. So that's a really good point as well yeah excellent um we're going to put some resources into the into the show notes associated with the uh, this po- podcast on our on our website on engagingic.com so um i've just got a list here so i was going to put your your and, and just check that, that these are all okay corporate social social responsibility web page um we've got your employee community uh, engagement web page and also then the links to the cube the cube the labs uh and also your own um your own your own linkedin profile if that's okay we're going to put a link into all of yeah, that. sure. And then I just want to also make sure that you have the link to our Curiosity Labs at Home webpage as well. Yes, I where have. People... yes, okay. yes, yeah, Perfect. yeah, I have yeah, yeah. Curiosity, and that's on the yeah, it's on the Curiosity Labs. Uh, and yes, I've got that. I'll I'll double check with you and with Taylor that we've got the right links there before we uh, before we pop those up and you get you to check them anyway. We'll make sure that all the links are are good as well. Well, look, that's been absolutely fantastic, Melissa. Really, really nice to speak to you. An amazing program, and I think will you know really inspiration. And as I said, I can't wait for the uh, when the Curiosity Cube hits the UK. I'll be looking looking for a, a list of, uh, of of sites it's going to be visiting, so I'm going to have a play. Sounds great. <laughs> I will definitely let you know when we'll be there. Yeah. Well, all the best for the net for uh, 2022, Melissa. And uh, thank you very very much for for this. And uh, we'll hopefully speak to you again soon. And uh, keep in touch. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Melissa. So thank you for listening to Engaging Internal Comms. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the show and any questions, ideas, or feedback that you'd have. Anything you'd like us to cover on future episodes too, please. So you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can get in touch with us via the contact form at engagingic.com. You can also sign up to our mailing list there and we'll send you relevant news about the show and anything that we think you might be interested in when it comes to internal communications and employee engagement. If you like the show and you haven't already done so, please subscribe to it directly via your podcast service. 
Uh, and you can also subscribe via the links on our podcast page, which again is engagingic.com. If you like the show, we'd be really grateful if you could leave us a review. Um, and also if you could leave some verbal uh, feedback there as well, not just stars. That's always nice to know that we, we've been appreciated and particularly how we're, we've helped you. If you know anyone else who might like the show or might benefit from it, please tell them, please share it with them. Please share the link to our website, engagingic.com. And uh, that would be great because we want to grow our community. Community, We want to get as many people involved in the show as possible. Um, and we, uh, yeah, the, the bigger, the better. Okay, thank you. Thank you.